you're listening to a Big MX Radio Podcast. Brought to you by Arma Energy. Presented by Fly Racing, W Wheels, Bill's Pipes, Just One Helmets, X-Brand Goggles, Shades of Grey Custom Helmet Painting, Rhino Power Sports Supplements, Roy Borton Suspension, Watts Perfections, and Golden Tire. Simply the best, motocross and supercross news from around the globe. And now, here's your host, Brad Gephardt. Welcome to the Arma Energy Drink Big MX Podcast Show. I am your host, Brad Gephardt, and this podcast is brought to you by Fly Racing, X-Brand Goggles, Just One Helmets, and W Wheels. With us on the line today is two-time national champion and current manager for the Yamalub Star Racing Yamaha team, none other than Steve Lampson. Steve, how's it going? I'm doing really good, thank you. Second year team manager for uh, the Yamaha Yamaha Yamalube Star Racing team. Um, how are you enjoying the gig so far? And um, how did you originally get rep- uh, approached to uh, to do the job? No, I, it's been a great. You know, going into my second year, it's been really good. I mean, obviously winning a championship with uh, Jeremy Martin, yes, but um, last year in outdoors. But it kind of like I was working for Team Tedder. And in thirteen, and Bobby Reagan kind of came up to me, you know, Dylan says, "Hey, do you would you be interested in managing our team?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." Yes. And it all and it all worked out, and you know, and then we went from there. Right on. Well, uh, like you obviously have some great clay for molding, and uh, these kids are fast, and uh, and they've got a lot to learn from you. Uh, do they listen to you a fair bit? Oh yeah, they do. Yes, sir. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, like obviously, you've got quite a few different characters on the on the uh, the team, whether it be Plessinger, Rodriguez, uh, Cooper, and Jeremy. How do those guys differ, and how do you approach them differently, or do you just paint them all with one broad brush? No, uh, no, I treat them a little bit different. I mean, it, it's you know talking to Cooper Webb on the weekend and this and that. I mean, I just say a little bit to them or himself and then same with Jeremy I mean they they know what they need to do and what they got to do and I don't like overwhelm them in their head I'm pretty pretty mellow guy so I don't come back stream and this and that and yell at them you know so I just keep it pretty plain and simple and then Pleasanger I mean he's he's right on par and I try to help him out as much as I can and I mean it's hard having four guys on the team and then Rodriguez I mean he actually he's come out of his shell a bit and this last weekend I mean he got fifth place so like best finish for him ever top five a career best and uh between him and plessinger and i actually thought of you uh during the phoenix supercross when plessinger was uh putting down some serious laps uh that you must have just been licking your chops and you can see how fast these two guys go like out of if you have four guys on a team you got to imagine that a couple of them are a little bit off the pace but uh those two being the younger two and they just absolutely fly yeah, exactly. And I'm just, I'm like more pumped at, um, with Rodriguez. I mean, cause we, we had a really bad year last year with him. 
just mm-hmm. with him getting hurt in Supercross, but he's always like run third place and then end up getting knocked out or hitting his head. And we had, it was pretty, not saying disappointed on my end, but it, it was pretty disappointed on more on his end. You know, he did, did not have a great year last year. And then now he's coming out and he's got three, eight place finishes and then top five. So pretty. Yeah, right on. Like, he's, he's a huge improvement. And uh, as far as Supercross goes, a massive improvement for Jeremy Martin, uh, who just had some weird luck last year with qualifying for main events and uh, unfortunately ran yeah. into that again this year. Uh, at one of the races, I believe was that uh, was that Indy that he yeah he didn't make the main in Indy. Uh, yeah, yeah, Indy. Yeah, that was not good. <laughs> no, like like after a night like that, like how do you really even approach that guy and and kind of like I guess like, it's full blown consoling because he's probably just beside himself. Yeah, it's like one of those deals where I didn't. To be honest with you, I didn't even talk to Jeremy that night hmm. after that. <laughs> he didn't want to talk to nobody and I should have maybe talked to him and maybe that on my part but then I just said I'm going to give him a space and let him do what he's doing I mean it, the beginning of the season for him was really good I mean freaking won a race it got fourth won a race and then got second and then he comes into that round and freaking doesn't even qualify it's like wow <laughs> yeah no, I was I was worried about him when he went into that LCQ because uh, that that's just a, a, like roll the dice, see who comes out on top. Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, like with with the two fifty class, I mean, you you don't qualify out of the heat, you go straight to the damn LCQ, and you know who knows what's going to happen there. And then yeah, you probably saw it got red flag. He was winning, no problem. And then they line up again and. He throws it away in the in the damn LCQ, and that's it. That's right. He, he draw he dropped that front end, and I don't want to decide dissect him too much. But he he about four whoops in. More often than not, I notice he drops his front end, and I think that was basically his Achilles heel for for that particular event. He dropped the front end and uh, ended up on his head. But um, yeah, hopefully he can uh, turn things around. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he he actually went like unfortunately. That night in Indy, I mean, during the day in the practice, he went through there and threw it away really bad. It didn't get hurt, thank God. That's right. Then in the heat race, he threw it away again in the loop. And then LCQ times two, he <laughs> threw it away again. Yeah, so, so I, I was remember saying was, that you know, it was three times in the same whoop section. Just Yeah. And, yeah. And he, like, he went back there. He's like great kid to work with and I think he just I don't know exactly what he was trying to do I think he was trying too hard you know because we we may put a little bit of pressure on him it's, you know after Daytona it's like we told him like Jeremy man I hate to do that but put the pressure on somebody but I go dude if you're going to win this championship you you got to win every race from here on out and he agreed you know and it just well yeah that would have been after round four of the series it's an eight round series uh you've got no choice yeah. but to uh just win out exactly 
So uh, safe to say that uh, in working with these guys, just about the only thing that you can't help them with is uh, capturing a win at the High Point National. Um, that that'll be my goal this year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm looking. At, I was looking at your results, and uh, I'm trying to th- find a um, one particular event that you didn't happen to uh, overly excel at, and it. it uh, High point keeps popping up at me, so uh, I thought uh, that one over yep. anyone else. Uh, you'd definitely like no, your guys to be able to be successful. Yeah, good point. I mean, when I was racing, for some reason, I just never gelled with that track when I was when I was in my career, and and I think we did get third. I think Jeremy got third there last year, or maybe Cooper. I can't remember exactly, but yeah, it's gonna be going to be my goal is to get those guys to get a win there. One of them, <laughs> at least. Right on, man. Well, uh, the SoCal kid, that's kind of on the other side, or you're a NorCal guy. You're, that's on the other side of the country, so we'll give you a pass on that one. But uh, let's go down memory lane, shall we? <laughs> yes, sir. Now, 1989, uh, you're on a the mighty YZ360 in the 500 class, uh, wearing some bitchin' O'Neill gear uh, with number 269 <laughs> on the front of your bike. What do you remember about those days? Uh, those days were good, actually. I mean, I came straight out of um, Loretta Lynn. I never won nothing crazy. That's the only championship I ever won in amateurs was 1989. Loretta Lynn's 125A mod class. So that's earlier that, that summer. Yeah, then I went straight from there to riding the, um, that 360 you're talking about for the rest of the part of the, the season for national. And sixth in points, by the way. Yeah, I think, yeah. You got better, better tabs than I got. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I have uh, the benefit of being in front of a computer to look up these types of things. But nevertheless, yeah, sixth in the series, pretty good for a, a, a guy who uh, um, predominantly strength with your strength was the the little bike for the for the majority of your year or your career. Yeah, like I was, I was all over the board. I mean, like with Honda, I mean, I was I rode three sixty that year, and then Mitch hired me on at Pro Circuit for ninety one. I kind of did my own deal in 1990, just riding races yeah, here Jim, and there. Jim Swan at DGY hooked you up with a Suzuki deal. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and that's like even with that 360. I mean, he was he was fully behind me and all that kind of stuff. And then I switched to Suzuki, and he still backed me on that whole deal. Well, that's excellent. What was Jim it like uh, traveling the series with your dad? Like, I know going to the races with my dad, I can't think of anything better than having uh, old man sp- spinning wrenches on my bike and, and splitting driving duties. Uh, do you look fondly on those days that uh, a little bit of a simpler time? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I think about it all the time. I mean, I was, my dad would be driving and then he was a hot roofer. And my, my mom was, she drove school buses. So she got off for the summer. So when, after all that happened, you know, when they were all off, we went racing, you know, doing amateur stuff. And so, so Ponca City and Loretta Lynn's, you gra- capture one Loretta Lynn's championship, and uh, we're going to the pro class. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Things were a little bit different back then, but nevertheless, uh, put up some good performances, and even even so on the Suzuki as well. Uh, and all of a sudden, uh, a guy rolls over and uh, and and approaches you about riding for the Pro Circuit team. And I got to imagine you are beyond pumped uh, because uh, those bikes were fast. Oh yeah, they were good. I mean, that was that Pro Circuit deal that year, Gantry Pro Circuit, and to me, it's just to have the opportunity to actually do that was amazing. And I didn't get paid. I mean, I pretty much got... Big paycheck, I thought. $10,000 check for expenses. That's pretty much it. <laughs> $10,000 to go to all the West Coast rounds and the and the Nationals uh, on yeah, some yeah. crazy fast CR125s alongside... Buell, Swink, and uh, MC. Uh, I gotta ask, at the time, did you kind of see MC becoming what he would eventually be as the, the king of Supercross? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I've never done that well with Supercross, so I was always second up to him, you know, on the West Coast. And, I mean, obviously, I mean, I wanted to do it, but it just never did happen, so... <laughs> Very close, and actually, I wanted to mention this. I got a little bit later in the podcast, but nevertheless, um, once you be, once you got on uh, factory Hondas, you went from February nineteen ninety three to February nineteen ninety four, and your worst finish was an eighth. You must have been feeling it. Yeah, it was actually a good year. Like, like a lot of second places, tons of podiums, both indoors yeah, no, and but, out. But, but, but no wins, though. <laughs> no wins, that's true. But uh, you, you did get your first win um, the year previous on a Suzuki. Uh, you're, you got you pointed out of the 125 class with Mitch, and uh, Suzuki, you're back on Suzuki's the following year. And uh, after breaking your femur, you pick up that yeah. win at Hangtown. Yeah, that was a that was pretty amazing. I think that's it. And I when I broke my femur, I was riding 250. You know, obviously, you keep it the future. So, yep. I don't know how you want to say that. Hey, the <laughs> 250s. If, if we're talking 90s, 250s, a two-stroke for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, I broke my femur, and I was out. And I didn't come back, so I was, like, ready to come back. And it was it just apt and worked out that it was, like, my hometown. Hometown trap. Yeah, it went three one or one three. I can't remember what it was, but, but either way, like, this either way, rock, <laughs> you had to have been able to do laps at Hangtown like in your sleep. Made for a great day for you, and probably a pretty good night after. Oh damn right! <laughs> well, how did you celebrate that win? Um, all I can remember, like I mean, I was younger back then, but. All I remember is my mechanic, years old. Uh, Pete, Pete Steinbrecher was my mechanic then. And he he had been around at, worked for Honda, Suzuki for a long time. And there's this stupid freaking pond out there. And they freaking carried me out there and threw me in that damn thing. And I don't think it was probably the, the safest thing to do, but. <laughs> it's the it 90s. That, that, that's what happened. <laughs> so. Two, 19, uh, 1992 comes and goes, and uh, you, you did pretty well on Suzuki. But um, you got you got a call 
or he got approached at, um, I believe it was Troy uh, that year, and uh, it's Team Honda. Team Honda wants to sign. Yeah, and after winning that race, and then next thing I know, I'm getting a call from Dave Arnold that was managing Team Honda at that time and signed a couple-year deal. So what was it like the first day that you you go up to the, the, the factory Honda shop and you see all the, first of all, you know the history going into that shop and then and then just seeing how they were going to help you out. And uh, I believe you got a bit of a raise going going uh, from, from the Suzuki up to uh, the Honda. Oh, yeah, most definitely I did. <laughs> but, it, I mean, it was like overall, I mean, it was pretty cool. I mean, I at that time, I mean, I made, I made $24,000 at Suzuki that year when I was a factory rider and they covered all my expenses and all that stuff. That was my base salary. And then I went up to, I think it was 75 to a hundred or whatnot. I signed a two year deal with them guys at Honda. So, I mean, it was a huge upgrade and just, I mean, I was just pumped to be riding Suzuki factory and then they treated me really well. And then, this came up and, you know, next Honda deal. I mean, I was, I was pretty pumped just to be there. No kidding. Like, like, I took uh, everything. I took everything to, like, these days, I mean, guys would probably laugh at what I'm saying I made. But at that time, I mean, I was, like, I was just happier and shit than to have oh, a great ride. money and, for a 22-year-old kid at a NorCal. Exactly. I was like, man, I'm... I hit the jackpot. <laughs> no kidding. That and the fact that you've got some of the trickiest bikes around. Uh, what were some of the trickiest parts that you guys had on those uh, 90CRs? You know what? I, to be honest with you, I mean, it was just the suspension and just the, the work like Cliff White. He was doing a bunch of stuff with us. And I mean, it was just all around. I can't say the trickiest part. I do got to say that the suspension and the the silencers that we had back then were amazing. That's pretty. <laughs> I cool, just man. I I just remember it because I I heard how much they cost back then. It's like this this muffler or exhaust or silencer cost fifteen hundred dollars, <laughs> and it was like from from Japan and everything. Yeah. But it, I just I uh, that sticks in my head. I, so that's got to be what. No cool kidding. Thing. Were you were you I heading over to that. Japan uh, quite often, even in the early like two thousand or nineteen ninety three, ninety four, heading over to uh, to do those Supercross races as well as just connect with the uh, the brand? Yeah, we would go there for probably we'd go to Osaka, Tokyo every year, yep. and then we would obviously we'd go a little bit ahead of time and test. We'd pay it. Stay in. Uh, they had a facility in Toshigi, Japan, and um, we would we would test there, do all of our stuff, and go race on the weekend for Supercross in Osaka or Tokyo. I don't know which one was first, but and um, that's what we would do. We'd definitely that's gnarly. Spend, I, for, it's got to be a culture shock. There. Sorry, go ahead. No, I mean we definitely spent some time over there, and it. Like what you said, just culture shock. I mean, it. I was used to it because I would, I would do a ton of races over in Europe, 
and then Japan is what we, I would almost take that time to, we'd test here after Japan and then I'd go to European races and go make, make some money. We had. Yeah, make money, but then what I would do is, Mike Yosser is my mechanic back then. Yeah, sir. So I would take him and we would take everything we had and just go race. Like what we tested, what what was the best, and then we we'd take it over there with us, and we'd do multiple races at at a time. And I think it was good because was able to go and actually ride in, in a race situation. So. Yeah, exactly. Test your stuff in race situations. I know they talk about all the time where they they test Supercross and they get to the race, and then that's when you find out how close your settings actually are. Whereas with you, you're finding out where your settings are at um, right away and uh, progressively. Those that Supercross suspension was getting stiffer and stiffer as the years went by. I gotta imagine. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So it was always it was always good to. to take what we had and go over there and race in the offseason. And it's kind of crazy. I look, at it, look back at it now. It's like not too many people do that anymore. And I'm pretty fortunate to be able to go and do those races and make it work. Is, is that something that you were kind of an advocate for sending Cooper over there for the last round of the uh, Japan Nationals this last year? Went over there on a 450. Uh, is that something you saw a lot of value in, is to him going over there and experiencing something different? And uh, uh, Or wh- what was what kind of pulled that all together? I mean, I, actually, I mean, they, they're the ones that won. That Yamaha wanted us to come over and, and have Cooper do that race. And, and it was supposed to be, actually, Jeremy also, but he got hurt, obviously, in motocross detention. So, so, I don't know. It, I think it was really cool to go there and do that. And it just gave him confidence. And Experience. and I tried to guide him along the way because I've been in that situation where you have to go over and do this race, you know, in Japan. And, and like, I even told Cooper, I said, man, don't underestimate these freaking Japan riders because they, they want to first thing they want to do is beat your ass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a big, uh, big American flag colored, uh, bullseye oh, on yeah. your back, man. Like, uh, yeah, for sure. Was it the same way when you went over to, uh, to do the super crosses with the other, um, like American guys, like were were you well liked or you were, you just kind of have to stay in your own little group? Oh, no. No. no, well, like very well liked. And oh, it's kind of funny because when, when I went back over with, um, Cooper and our team, this last time that it was like, man, all the, I had a ton of fans and it's kind of crazy. Cause I'm like, man, I'm just a freaking old guy and I'm running. They hadn't seen you in 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> but they're, they're bringing up all kinds of stuff. Like I was signing autographs right, as much as Cooper was, to be honest with you. That's gotta be just cool. I, Come on. Yeah. It was, it was pretty cool. And I, it's cause I spent like a lot of my years, um, in time, like, over there, and they can they remember it. Kind of, yeah, well, they don't they don't do those supercrosses anymore. At least, like the the riders don't uh, go over there and do them. And uh, that that's kind of yeah, a cool time for you guys. Um, and you're doing it all wearing a set of uh, wearing some some really nice looking Yoko gear, man. I gotta like, please <laughs> tell me that you signed a big money contract to wear that stuff. Yeah, back in that time, it was like forty grand, so that was pretty big. 
No kidding. That's awesome. So, yeah, forty grand. Yep. Forty grand. Uh, so like MC. I know it's not, it's not big. What well, that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. He's in Cinesilo. You're in Yoko gear, and uh, that's just two completely out of left field, uh, like uh, gear brands on some of the most iconic riders of that of those of those years. Like, uh, although maybe not, maybe not to these standards as far as gear deal goes, that's a lot of money. But uh, to you, you're living high on the hog, and like I said, you're 22 years old. You're just loving it. Oh yeah, yeah, 40 grand back that day. Damn good. <laughs> no kidding. I don't think I'd even turn that down today. But uh, uh, so <laughs> I know I wouldn't either. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> uh, do you still do you still ride a fair bit? No, you know. To be honest with you, I mean, I get that question quite a bit, and um, I, 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 just, I don't. I don't ride. I don't like riding anymore. I love everything about the sport. I'm around it twenty four seven. So it's like to go get on a bike. I mean, I, for one, and this is probably like the biggest part of it is I don't, I don't want to get hurt because I know I'll probably try to ride too hard and end up getting hurt. But then again, I just don't have that, that urge to really ride anymore. Yeah, I, to- I totally connect with that. You know, I, I skied at a high level. I was skiing uh, with like a, an Olympic development team for freestyle skiing. And now I don't, I don't, I ski maybe once or twice a year. And uh, everyone's like, well, I don't just ski more. It's like, I used to ski to the point where I'd hurt myself a lot. And I did that when I was on point. So I'm rusty now. So I'd probably get hurt even more. And it's just not fun <laughs> going around and linking turns together. You know what I mean? Like just just riding or just kind of skiing around it's not as fun as when you're on top of your game and uh and also having uh some of the best motorcycles in the world at your disposal yeah no it's true and it's like i like i my day is two strokes during the week i'm going to the track every day and with our riders and watching them ride and trying to and you know just watching by as much as i can but Man, I just, I just don't want to. The last thing I want to do is load up a bike and go riding. I know it sounds bad. People always give me a hard time about it, but like, I'm around it 24 seven. Oh, I hear you, man. Absolutely, you get a little, little burnt out on uh, the bikes, and and you, you also, you, you're super busy. You got your time, like, you probably value your time away from the bikes a little bit. I try to. Yeah, the time I got, you know, I'm, I'm just wanting to hang out with um with my kids and whatnot. I mean I got a family life but it takes a lot of time out of out of my schedule, you know. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes kids are calling you up to do a podcast on a Thursday afternoon. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, hey, my kids I... are really funny. They 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 call me like about four o'clock, four to five every day. Hey, where you at? Where you at? And I'm in a, actually, they, they ride a little bit, but not too much, so. Yeah. Uh, hopefully they're on two strokes, though. Uh, PW, PW50 is all I got for them right now. Fair <laughs> enough, you got some, that, those, I'm, are some I'm working those are some on, little I'm, ones you got then. Yeah, they're, well, actually, they're eight and nine, now, or eight and ten, my two boys, Cooper and McCoy. It's funny because it's like Cooper. It's like I mean, they didn't name my kid after Cooper Webb, but 
that's the name we picked back a long time ago. So not after Guy Cooper, I don't think. No, no, no. We just, <laughs> my, my wife and I were like, "Oh, Cooper, I like that name." So Cooper. Fair enough. Well, Cooper was a uh, huge hockey company back in the day, so I'll assume that you went with that. Um, but 1994, 95, like, let's talk a little bit more about these glory years of Steve Lampson on CR two strokes. Whether, like, you pointed out of the, the 125 class for Supercross rather early, but uh, you're a force to be reckoned with on the uh, the 125, especially outdoors. Um, and, like, like 90, 94. I gotta think you should have won that championship. I'm not too sure. Uh, I, I'm looking at the results. It looks like you would have had the points lead at some point, and then 94, 95, yeah. and 96, you, you killed it. So what happened in 94? 94, I remember I had like 25 point lead going into Unadilla, and um, the gravity cavity, what they call it there. I on the first lap just threw it away like pretty bad and hurt myself pretty good. So that, that pretty much didn't help. And then I had a, I think I injured my ankle, all kinds of stuff. And it just kind of like went through the year, like, you know, halfway hurt and just never, never was able to regroup. And I think I still did get stuck at that year, but yep. Second in just, points, uh, but uh, yeah, a 12th yeah. at Unadilla and an eighth at uh, Washougal. Uh, killed it, killed you. Yeah, for sure. But uh, let's then, talk a little about that. Oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, you want to talk about ninety five? No, I want to talk about whatever you want to talk about, man. What, like, what else do you want to say about ninety four? Oh no, no, I was gonna say like ninety five season was. It didn't start out great because that's like back then they, we would do um, Gainesville, Gainesville. And then it, there was, then it went back to Supercross. So, yeah, you didn't you didn't win a, uh, win a national that year until Buds at uh, actually you're almost halfway through the summer already. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I went to it was Gainesville. I I don't know what happened, but basically broke a front wheel and didn't get no points, and then won a moto. And then went went back to Supercross, and then I um, it was actually at Dallas, and um, I ended up tearing my ACL. So that okay. put me out. Like I missed Hangtown. I didn't get surgery. I just kind of like rehabbed it on my own, and um, I so I missed one complete national. Already was down one moto, and then came back probably. 75 percent for um mount morris national that was like my next week back and then i at that point i just said i all i'm gonna do i'm already 60 70 almost 70 points down i go i'm just gonna go try to win win some races and having some fun and next thing you know i came down to the end where end up winning the championship so Right down to the very last moto, I believe, uh, going into that moto, if not the day, you guys uh, were tied. You and Ryan Hughes, uh, the number nine machine. But uh, yeah, yeah. 
But uh, at at the finish line, it was you. You had the championship won, and uh, broken chain or not, uh, that that victory was going to be yours. You took home uh, a one one performance at Steel City, the final race of the year. And uh, uh, how did that feel, uh, chasing a championship all year long and uh, coming through on it? No, it was. A, it, I do guess it was freaking amazing. It's to go and do something like that, and when it came down. To it. it and it was crazy because I, I even still think to this day it's like man how was I so freaking confident because my plan was is to beat Ryan Hughes the first moto then I would have like a six point lead and I could just freaking cruise around and win the championship it didn't happen like that he kicked my ass first moto and you know I came off the track after that first moto and I told Gosser, I, he was like stressing. He goes, man, this is gnarly. You guys are tired right now. I go, don't worry about it. I got it handled. I don't even know how I could, I still think back to the day, <laughs> I don't even know how I was that confident. I go, I got this handled. Don't worry about it. And he'll tell you that if you ever talk to him, he'll tell you the same thing. He was just like blown away. Like, man, how, how were you that confident? I got it. I just was. <laughs> I'm I'm Ryan Hughes. Wasn't I intimidating you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy though because I, I I do remember and I just told him like I wasn't even stressed. I'm just like I told him, don't worry about it. I got this handled. That that that's a strategy right there. You just go to the line and you look at your hottest competition. And be like, I wouldn't worry about this race, man. I'm gonna smoke you. And they're just like looking. You're just sitting there all dumbfounded, like. Really? I can't. Yeah, that, that was like, yeah, no, it was like 35 minutes of freaking hardcore racing, I tell you that. Because he was like, he was always behind me, just, you know, like three or four seconds the whole time. Like, I went through the first turn, whole shot, and I'm like, all right, Rhino's not behind me. Yeah, sure, fuck, there he is. <laughs> Put my head down and just kept on going. So, pretty crazy. No kidding. No. What was it like as like uh, with he being your main competitor and Doug Henry the year previous? Of course, Doug is out this particular year. I believe that's after he did his back. Or is that maybe a different year? Can't remember which which year he did his back. Either way, um, I think that was two thousand or not two thousand. I'm sorry, that nineteen ninety five. He did his back because he was already on two fifties and I was still riding. Either 94 or 95. That's well, he won the championship in 94, so 95. Okay, so it was 90, that's when it was 95. That's when he did his back deal at, at um, Butts Creek. It's Butt Creek. So, like, yep. like I, I, I felt bad for Langston in 2003, and I got to think that you had the with, – with Ryan Hughes, like, he, of all guys to have as your main adversary in a championship chase, that must have been <laughs> uh, your toughest one. Oh yeah, it was. What, uh, yeah, what was it the like? Next, the next. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. What was it like racing with Rhino? Like the guy is just intense. That I've had him on my show, and I almost didn't get a word in edgewise. He he had the whole shot, and he just ran away with it. <laughs> um, I, that year, like when I won the championship, I mean, he was. These guys were. I mean, and I don't know exactly. I never had figured this whole deal out like how many points I was actually down when I came back but I it, 
it was 65 to almost 70 points right in that range. And, and I was like, it was Rhino, um, Damon Huffman, a few other guys, but man, they, they were, they were, yeah, exactly. Yep. And they were just freaking, those guys were falling apart. They were just giving me points like every weekend. But then again, I was winning, but they were like really struggling. And I was able to freaking capitalize on that and shit came down to the end. I, I never even thought that would happen. Yeah, so you're, got you're like a couple races worst. from the end. I'm like, holy shit, this, I could actually maybe win this thing, you know? This thing's and mine. And Washu, yeah. you get a fifth, but the, other than that, that was your worst finish all summer long. And uh, you're just, after all those wins, supremely confident. You're uh, You're well on your way. Yeah, I was killing those guys and they were just handing me points <laughs> so and then, the, then the next year yeah the next year nine 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 rounds out of the 12 uh your most dominant year by far oh for sure without a doubt and seventh it would have been probably the high point though yeah no i know i struggled there <laughs> <laughs> i just bugged you <laughs> But no, you you absolutely flew. This was uh, this was your your time to shine, and you did so. Yeah, and it's funny. Like if you look back at the records of like even McGrath racing in Mount Morris, we both of us struggled there all the time. I don't know what it was or whatnot. I think my best finish there was maybe getting third one time, like in two thousand. But yeah, I, otherwise I struggled. I don't I don't know what it was about that place, but just never just didn't seem like the bikes worked good there, like for what we had and and whatnot and that. And Jeremy McGrath would say the same thing. We always struggled there. I don't mean I don't it doesn't make sense, but something about those off cameras, man. Yeah, no, I guess that's what it was. I'm always pretty good on off cameras, but for some reason that racetrack I just never gelled too good with it fair enough but uh the last two rounds uh Wyndham got away from you a little bit but uh Washugal after the first moto uh Davey uh Davey Coombs broke the news to you that you were a national champion and I guess um how do you compare chasing the championship in 95 to uh to defending it in in uh in 96 uh like that big number one is uh, rather heavy isn't it yeah, oh, for sure. But I mean, I just had, I just carried it on, <clears throat> carried along with the, the, the confidence and yeah, it didn't, man. And I, I should have, I think actually, um, I was close. I won a moto. The only reason I didn't win 10 was because I did, um, I had a flat tire and I get, still got six in the moto at Glen Helen. Glen Helen. I won the first. Went, won the first moto maybe or vice versa. I can't remember exactly, but I think you reversed that. I think you got uh, flat tire in the first moto, one second moto. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you got all the details. I love it. <laughs> Appreciate cool. it, man. No, I, uh, um, I I might only be twenty. 26 years old but uh i'm a bit of a a geek when it comes to moto stuff i just i, I watch all the old races thanks to uh, tony blazer on uh on youtube and uh yeah if nothing's on tv uh steve lampson is winning uh nationals in my living room that's cool i love it <laughs> yeah man uh at the same time like you're kind of like you're the 
the prime of your career is cro- is caught right in the crosshairs of the Terra Firma Super or the Motocross film series, which was a legendary series that Fox put together. And uh, after you put down your Yoko stuff, you were a Fox athlete. And how cool is it that such an iconic video series kind of captures when you were a total badass? Now that was that was pretty cool because there was like that flyer. I think it was flyer that um, that Fox did Terra Firmas, all that kind of stuff. I mean. It, that was pretty cool. I mean, I look back at that stuff like all the time. And I'm like, man, I'm so proud of that. I was in that era where they got to capture a bunch of stuff and races and personal stuff and all that stuff. So, yeah, like, uh, like, what, did they come? Did they go out and film with you? What are your some of your best memories of going out to film with the Fox guys? And whether they went to your house or they, you guys were out in the hills, like, uh, I think there's a couple of them from the hills where uh, you really showed off your skills on a motorcycle. Yeah, no, I mean, it. They would actually. I was pretty really good friends with all those guys, and I still am. Um, but they would come down. They would stay at my house. I mean, we just we had a great time. They'd stay at the house, we'd go out and they'd film, and that was pretty cool, I do gotta say. Alright guys. Alright guys. Right, guys. It's time for a commercial. If there's one item to be picky about, it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short, and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You too can wear the exact same helmet I wear, Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Albertson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable sweat-absorbing liner and generous eye port design to accommodate any goggle choice are just a few. And did I mention how super trick these helmets look? Straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with Oats and Bran. Oats and Bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. X-Racing Man. But more than Fox, what Big Jeff likes is a fat bowl. Amigos with Bran. Fat bowl. Amigos with Bran. Oats for power. Brands for speed. Who that tastes, what a delicious treat. Cereal bees, Emigos. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. So, what do you think of Rich Taylor? Lighter than hair and stronger than steel. So, what that means is it can move much faster. 2014 X Brand Goggles is back and better than ever. From the Scatter X, Volcano, and Phantom Goggle, X-Brand has the product to make you stand out on race day. The quality of X-Brand products is second to none. Great lenses, incredible frame, and a strap that doesn't wear out. Great tear-offs, zip-off systems, nose guard, and more. Check out eksbrand.com for all of the accessories and pricing.
WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to dubyausa.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. What's up, guys? It's time to talk a little bit about Roy Borden Race. He's the performance specialist. Suspension, making a motor work, balancing a bike, or just maintenance. He's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Borden has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal. Whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full, full-blown rebuild on your forks or, or shock. Call up Roy Borton today at 204-633-2722. Now, you're good at Hangtown, but is there anywhere else in NorCal that, like, if you're there, yeah, like, probably even if you showed up today, you'd be pretty uh, pretty uh, confident you'd do well? Or, like, a secret riding spot? Um, you, you, the, only, the only place I could really think of, I grew up racing. I mean, obviously, I spent a ton of time at Hangtown spending a lot. Um, and then Marysville, and I, I probably doesn't ring a bell to you, but I, I do think they, they still have that track up there and everything. But, um, Marysville, I used to go there like every weekend, pretty much when I was young racing, growing up. And then even still, you know, what are, some, like, what are some kids, kids coming up while during your professional days that you saw coming up out of the, the North Car- North California area and like now they ended up ended up in the pros like uh, actually some of those guys have probably already come and uh, and already made their mark on the pro series um you know pretty much the um you know you know Daniel Blair and Vincent Blair yeah they were like they're, they're way younger than I am but they they were a couple of NorCal guys. Um, Josh Draco, I remember watching him riding around like in a little fifty at times. But I don't he he I don't know if he's made main events or whatnot. But he's been he he was trying a couple of years ago. But Josh Draco, the Blair brothers, um, Eric Nye. Yeah, oh yeah, there you go. Thank you. Literally NorCal. That's yeah. what they call them. Nice. Uh... And then... Um... Jeff Northrup? Yeah, Northrup, yeah. Northrup was up there. Um... Man, that's... 
bringing back some names right there. I know. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> no, no problem at all, man. But uh, I wanted to talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, no kidding. All, all those names. And you've got a lot on your plate as is. But uh, that 1996 season, um, you put an absolute exclamation point on it by uh, lining up against a bunch of 500s on a little wing ding 125. Uh, it, happens, it happens to be a pretty powerful one at that. But nevertheless, uh, uh, Johnny O <laughs> might have gotten second. But uh, you captured the ca- the checkered flag, and not too many people talk about that one. Yeah, no, it kind of got overlooked. Yeah, that's okay, but yeah, in I, Spain, and you guys, killed yeah, it. and it was Jerez, Spain. Um, and I went to destinations like the year before, and I got my Australia? ass kicked by Tortelli and okay. Everett on the one twenty five. Okay. And I got third on the 125, and, man, I was so pissed off. I'm like, man, I came off winning a championship and going to this race. Because then we went straight from Steel City that year straight to uh, that race was in Slovakia in 95. And and I had, like, so much confidence going into that thing, but I just could not beat those two guys. They beat me one, two, three each month. I'm like, shit, I was third. <laughs> no kidding. That was uh, they like, were on one twenty fives as well, or that that was on two fifties and five hundreds. No, no, that was we were. No, I'm just talking about one twenty five guys. Okay, yeah. yeah. Ever Everest was one twenty five that year, and Tortelli was. Yeah, and and even though we were, you know, same deal. We're one twenty five, five hundred moto, and and I just between whatever it was, I I just couldn't make it happen. I've tried so freaking hard and I was so pissed off after that last year that year. And then coming in ninety six I came off to win the championship and went over there and freaking that's when, like what you're saying, five hundred, one twenty five motto and I was the first one to for cross the line. <laughs> well what was that track like? And, I got like did that track kind of suit the American riders a little bit or Yeah, I do gotta say it did. <laughs> It was uh, like it wasn't full supercross. I mean, I wouldn't even. I mean, it's just like having a race over here. I mean, we went to Glen Helen. I mean, but it was a lot of jumps, a lot of big jumps, and I, I guarantee you, those guys weren't too happy about that track. <laughs> no <laughs> kidding. There's. I, I remember hearing about uh, there's a particular jump down the hill, uh, like a, a downhill triple that you guys are just airing out, and uh, Everett's not not looking forward to doing that jump, or didn't. Oh want hell to, no! Right? They, no, they they were up there looking at it, just like, and they got really pissed. What it, what ended up starting out to be was it was like a quad. It was like a big downhill jump, and it was like a quad, and. I guess all the European guys were bitching and complaining, and the promoters go, okay, I just, no problem. We'll just take two jumps in the middle out, and it's still, that, it was that still. Doesn't big, help, that doesn't help them. That actually helps you a little no, bit. No, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't help them, but I was just <laughs> laughing. I go, I don't give a shit. I'm fucking still jumping this, no yeah. matter what. <laughs> no kidding. I'm so sending my pretty... 25 out and over top. <laughs> yeah. I was doing hill clickers off it, all kinds of shit in there. But it was, it was pretty, it, I do got to say it was pretty intense um, race, like that first moto. I mean, I worked through the pack, and Emig was the last, last one last one I passed, and 
he was on the 500, and then Tortelli was all over my ass, like pretty much the whole moto, like not that close, but he was he was back a bit, but he was there, like he he didn't want to lose, and I pulled off somehow or another. Now, uh, Emming's on the the KX five hundred and uh, rolling the clocks back a bit. Like that five hundred compared to your ninety three Honda, like that that bike must have been nuts fast. Like those those bikes, that was uh, we forgot to talk about that one year where you're on five hundreds and two fifties full time <laughs> and uh, third in the series. But uh, I like um, the CR Hondas; those those things were rocket ships. Oh, they were, and that's probably what hurt me most of all is like I was like in the best shape that I could ever thought I could be, and I would be in those nationals racing that thing, and I could whole shot, and I could probably go about twenty minutes, and I was done. And then here comes Kudrowski, freaking Larocco on Larocco, yeah, yeah, and they they worked the end stand too, so, but I just that thing wore me out. I mean, it, I, I think partially it was because they didn't have like that power valve system. So it was, it was pretty much like freaking grab a handful of, you better hold on, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's almost a case of the bikes being too fast, too advanced. Um, like just, just way too much in your hand. No, it was like, like I said, I could, I could, I was in the best shape of my life probably. And I, I could not, finish a moto like hundred uh, percent at all <laughs> so 97 rolls around and japan rolls out with a brand new aluminum frame bike and uh you guys head on over to do your uh supercross thing and uh <laughs> are you excited about the bike or are you a little bit disappointed no nah, i mean it, it's like when i did all that stuff with um honda i mean we tested a lot and I even went over, let's see, that would have been end of 96. I went over to Japan and raced that, that bike at Hiroshima National. And that was their last Japan National. Kind of like what we did with Cooper this year. Yeah. And and I went and we tested it, we raced it. Um, I'm just basically we also went to that's what got Jenny grass like to switch is we did go to um the supercrosses. Yeah, we went to Osaka and Tokyo and we both bust our asses on that thing. It was just from what we had what we had what we had rode before the year before like when we're over there and they're like, oh, just don't, don't jump too far. You know, Japanese guys are staying on the, on our test track. I'm like, what? Don't. So there was obviously like a issue with the frames, you know, and, and they had to beef them up so much and then the bike wasn't the same. It was, thing was a handful. Yeah, no kidding. Super rigid, and uh, the '97 oh, season. Right. <laughs> um, McGrath splits for Suzuki, and he does. He has his own struggles. But uh, first race of the year, Coliseum, uh, Honda taps you on the shoulder and says, "Take that guy out, don't they?" <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what went, like, went on. That's that's that, from that, that's I was what it only like. Huh? 
I was I was nine years old, but from what I from from the television broadcast, uh, that's that's <laughs> that's all I couldn't really bring from it. So that's yeah. funny. You yeah, know, so I'll, like, I'll I'll give you a quick rundown on that whole deal. I appreciate that if you could. So we went. Um, I had nothing against Jeremy freaking McGrath. I mean, I was teammate freaking forever. Seemed like um, went into that race and it, he switched. And I, I pretty much had the weight on my shoulders because I was the only 250 guy for Honda. And obviously that new bike, I mean, it, it was good. Good enough for me to win freaking heat race. I beat Jeremy in the heat race. And then they never, and this is God honest truth, they never, nobody ever said, try to freaking do something to Jeremy McGrath. I didn't think so. You also took yourself out of that situation, so uh, I don't think it, it worked yeah. out for either one of you. Yeah, no, exactly. It's like I beat him in the heat race in the main event. I started on way inside, and it was a tight right-hander, I believe, like a 180. And I ran it in pretty hard and freaking high-sided, threw myself on the ground. I, I didn't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's not but, part of your plan. and But... Yeah, unfortunately, my bike and my handlebars were in his back wheel as he's trying to, he would probably hole shot him. <laughs> he couldn't even barely get up to jump, you know, and yeah. unfortunately, that's what happened. And then, ironically, like, I'm trying to pick myself up, like, oh, my God, I got, like, ran over, all kinds of shit. I was hurting a little bit got back on my bike and I go around to the next corner to the next straightway before you go up the peristyle and there's Jeremy like in this little switchback and he had crashed and he gets behind me and we're like we're already like half a lap from every anybody on the first lap <laughs> we're already way behind yeah, you're in your own little race now yeah so we go up like to the top of the peristyle you know and and all I could remember is him, like, going, fucking, he was using that word, screaming, all this. And then we come back down off that. And then all I remember is he jumped on the inside of me, like, almost on my head. And then I flipped out, and we went down the next straightaway where there was a triple. And then it went into a left-hander. That's where I took him out because I was just, like, over jump into the corner, grab a front brake, and freaking just ran into him, and both of us ate shit. So, well, you're really the tube, you're on the ground, and uh, not the greatest way to start out the, the season. <laughs> no, not at all. And I remember getting up, like, he looks at me, and I'm like, okay, are we going to fight right now, or are we going to get back in the bike? I just jumped <laughs> on my bike, and he took off after me, and we were like, dead laughing, dead laughing. <laughs> And he was trying to run me down, and then he finally just—I don't know what what he ended up finishing, but I worked up to—I don't know, you know what place. <laughs> You're you ended up twelfth place, pretty good race for you. Uh, and uh, McGrath, unfortunately, if this is the first night, because um, I think it was, there's two events that uh, in LA that year. The first night would have been he yeah, ended yeah. up getting fifteenth. So. Uh, you you won. He may have won the 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 war at the end. Actually, uh, Emig won yeah, the he war. Probably, yeah, he probably did it. That kind of messed with my head a bit because like, I had yeah. people in the pits that were wanting to fight me. Jeremy wanted to fight me. No after way. That oh, you know, Jeremy's like 
what are you doing in this and I go, man, I'm not, I was just fucking trying to race them and yeah. we, they, they, everybody just thought it was intentional. You know, Honda paid me to freaking take him out because he wasn't riding for Honda and it was just a bullshit story. But, uh, people like to bench race on that. So unfortunately, oh, yeah. that's also why they like to listen to these types of podcasts. But uh, cool to get that yeah. story. Um, I even had the next weekend. I mean, that weekend, I mean, I had people come up to Honda had a semi that year, and I remember these guys were coming up and just yelling and screaming, "You that's bullshit!" You know, and like they wanted to fight me. And I'm like, no, and they dealing with these guys. And then the next weekend. For the second round at LA, I mean, they were, I had 15 people still coming up to me. And I'm just like, come on. And it kind of, it, I guess it, I'm a pretty mellow guy, so I think it kind of messed with my head just a bit. So, yeah, well, you, you messed with the king, my friend, and uh, they, they let you have it. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it did affect me quite a bit. Yeah, well, that year, uh, and like I, I wouldn't say, uh, well, on the 250, I, you didn't seem to have the same magic as you did on the 125. Like, why do you think you you, you went so good on the 125 and, and seemed to struggle on the, the, the 250? Um, just, I, I think that uh, more of an outdoor guy, I guess. Yeah? Reality just of it. that, that um, simple? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I never gelled too good on... Supercross racing. I mean, I won a couple 250 races and almost won some 125 races, but it just never, never did happen. I was just a stronger guy in outdoors, and unfortunately, <laughs> it is. Well, uh, extremely, uh, extremely uh, successful. But the following year, and uh, the 97 CR125 was kind of like jumping on an old girlfriend because uh, that would still the steel frame and uh, you shook hands with that once again but now you had a kid to deal with uh, by the name of Ricky Carmichael um, what do you oh, remember yeah. about the, the early days racing that kid and uh, let me know if I'm running too long on you for time Just uh, no no um, we're all good alright perfect man well what was it like racing against RC uh, when he was chubby and twisting the throttle way too hard well put it this way I had a lot of respect for the kid. I didn't really like him, but I had respect because this kid's coming in and freaking kicking my ass. I was like, man, I, don't, I do not like this. <laughs> I do not like but, this. But then, then on the flip side of it, I mean, I, I have respect for anybody that comes in and, and can do that, you know? And, and I know Mitch that year, Mitch Payton would, and he'll admit to this and Ricky will commit to this too. And agree, but he would though Mitch would make him like on practices. He would always jump behind me and try to get in my head. Oh yeah, oh all the time. And I'm like, I do remember it was at Glen Helen. I guess that was probably the first race that year. I'm not too sure. Uh, Gatorback's first race that year. His home race. Oh, okay, okay, that's what it was. Yeah, and then Hangtown. So, all right, so either way, it was at Glen Helen, and this kid's already like, I'm like, this little shit is kicking my ass, and we we go up the um, the um, one of the big hills, and I remember in practice, I'm like, 
this fucking guy serious? Like, he's wanting to battle with me. Comes up beside me, and I remember just freaking going up. This picture going up that long, one of the long straightaways up to one of the hills, and he's right next to me, and I just, like, literally, like, we're touching each other. And I freaking elbowed him in the gut so hard. <laughs> I do got to say, I did do that. <laughs> did you like, I got him. I got him pretty good. I'm like, oh, shit. But I, he, he always has respect for me because I was always really, really nice to him. Um, if he, if I won or he won or whatnot, but I was always like, man, good job. And he still, to this day, says it to everybody he's been through, like my old mechanic, Mike Gosser, worked for him for a long time. And right. he's like, yeah, I do respect Steve because he was – not a jerk. He was nice, and he took it like a man. <laughs> Getting beat. Well, from from what I could see, like obviously they hyped him up on TV, but it didn't seem like uh, RC was very well received when he first came in. Like he was just like the young kid. He's coming in. I'm dominant, and it was tough to kind of get to know him, get close to him. Yeah, yeah. It kind of. I, I don't really. To be honest with you, don't remember too much about all that stuff, but yeah. he was always, like, respectful to me, and I was respectful to him, and that's probably why he respected me quite a bit because I I wasn't one of those guys that just was, oh, man, this asshole's kicking our asses, so I don't like him. And I, I was like, man, how can you not like the guy? He fucking he just kicked my ass, so I'm going to be... No kidding, you I guess that... go pretty fast on a bike, and only eight nationals for you this particular year. You packed it in after, um, actually, never mind, Broomtail, after Washougal, you ended up 2-3. Uh, you finished out the season um, at, uh, at Steel City. Uh, Ricky gets the championship, and uh, you're, you're, you're on Hondas for one more year in 1998. Um, was it factory Honda in 98, or were you still, or were you with a different team? Uh, no, no. 98, yeah, still factory Honda. But still I just had, like, Honda, I was, man. like, I was plagued with injuries, and it sucked. Yeah, it was, like, simple injuries, but I was, like, them last two years, I mean, 97, 98, I was, like, battling, riding with a broken collarbone and all kinds of shit. So it, it was Well, you, you broke of, your collarbone uh, while testing that, the safety, <laughs> correct? <laughs> I was... I was actually, when I broke my collarbone, it was before the 98 season, and I was at Glen Helen, okay. and I was riding, that's when the 125 came out, aluminum frame, okay. for 98, and I, was, and I was testing that one, and that's when I busted my collarbone, so I was like, I didn't even get to race, like, I don't remember how far I came in, in the 250 class for 98, I, I can't remember. San but Diego, I was like, round four. Yeah, and I probably was didn't do very well. Sixteenth. <laughs> yeah, because I probably couldn't ride. But what yeah. what happened there is I didn't get surgery, and the doctor that time was like, "Oh yeah, no, no worries, just let it heal up." And man, I raced that whole damn year up until Southwick National, and then I ended up having to go in and get it plated because it was like broken it was still the bones weren't even touching each other and i was like trying to freaking do all this shit and race and 
And you're Primary. racing and even won a national uh, on that uh, excellent CR125 from 1998. Uh, your hometown race, you still win the damn thing. Yep, I did do that. But then I, I remember, at, for some reason, Southwick, I crashed again, and it re-irritated it, and I just had to get it plated after that. I should have done it a long time ago, but never did. <laughs> You actually My won time. your. You actually won that national with a two-two. Yeah, and I remember Carmichael freaking threw it away. He might won. He won one moto, and then he then he, he threw it. At, <laughs> yeah, uh, he threw it away big time. <laughs> I was like, yeah. okay, I'll take that. I'll take that win. Two-two. Done that a few times in my career. Two-two. <laughs> hey, they all count. They don't ask how. They ask how many. Uh, exactly. <laughs> and, yeah, I take, take home that victory. Uh, that's got to feel good. But then uh, um, Southwick spells the end of your of your '98 season and your run with Factory Honda. Um, like moving on to you moved on to uh, the Chaparral team in, in 1999. Uh, were you kind of sad to leave uh, to leave Honda at the time? Yeah, for sure. But I knew it was coming. I mean, if I, you're not producing results, I mean, you're just gonna these guys aren't going to keep you around. Well, yeah, they so, had, I think, I was uh, definitely bummed for sure. <laughs> Cause they had Wyndham coming in and Yogi moved over there in 99, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, Yogi was with me. Um, okay. This, I think that was 98. Yeah. Cause he was on the team that year. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's five on a, on a, on a Honda that, that, that particular year. Uh, you yeah, guys yeah, are yeah, I, I remember he was on there with, with myself. And then, uh, yeah, then I moved to 99, Chaparral. That was... Um, Sad, Lammy. Bad year. <laughs> yeah, just not a happy Lammy whatsoever. Um, and actually, I believe you tried to get uh, tried to get out of your contract a little bit at the uh, the tail end of the series. You even had a Honda yep. in your garage. Yep, damn right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Larry Brooks... Said, sorry, Lammy, you can't. Uh, we can't let you out of the contract. Um, yeah, I you told think him of, straight up. <laughs> I'm done. Did you think of uh, throwing in the towel at all, or I guess that you tried to. Yeah, you know what? I, that year, when it came down to the end, like I was just wanted to get out of my contract. Whatever, I I just was not happy over there, and um, then I pursued uh, maybe racing in Europe. For okay. um, for GPS and um, that I had that deal kind of lined up like it never oh, had a contract. No, no, it was a Yamaha deal. Okay, yeah. it was um, Magic, I think Magic Yamaha. Um, gosh, I wish I knew exactly. Um, I think it was that team that year was Magic. Magic and, Yamaha, um, yeah. Yeah, so I. I had a guy, this guy, Dave Stevenson, does like a ton of my European races, and he goes, man, I, I got you this whole de- this deal, a like $200,000 deal. I go, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll take the risk and go over there and freaking live and race. See what happens. Why not? And, um, and it kept, I never, it just kept lingering on, lingering on, lingering on. And um, then I, <laughs> stupid thing, um you know, Elstorm Grand Prix? I am aware of it, yeah. Yeah. So I went, Honda 
like goes, okay, yeah. They gave me, they actually gave me a bike to ride for the time being, and I still didn't have nothing signed. And I was waiting for not the, Japan Nationals, nothing. Well, I, I was like waiting for this other Yamaha thing to go through, okay. and then that that finally fell through. So then, in I, I'm not trying to jump ahead of ourselves here, but in no 2000 or podcast. <laughs> it um then I did my own deal. Um gosh on a works I, connection Honda. Yeah, yeah. I did my own deal that year and then that's what it was. It was after no, it was before that actually. That's when I busted my ass though. So back to Elsnore in ninety nine. Did that Grand Prix and I did and Honda like oh we got the six fifty you know racist thing. Long story short, I had my deal with that Magic Yamaha fell through, mm-hmm. and then I had this third deal with um, Japan going to race all the nationals over there. Already worked out everything, no signed contract though, and then I go and bust my ass on that damn bike that year. Busted my ankle, like my talus. I don't know if you know what that is, but it was yeah, like but down by pretty uh, much, the outside of your ankle. Yeah, yeah, they're like I pretty much shattered it. They screwed it all back together. Yeah, and I was wondering Does that if still I give you issues. No, I mean I got limited rotation. You know, like I can't. Yeah, my ankle doesn't move all the way, but it's pretty pretty legit. But it all healed up and. And that's when, um, after that, actually that same day I did that, then I had this deal worked out to go race Japan Nationals for Honda, $200,000 deal. And they, um, not bad at all. They, they didn't even know I got hurt. And that same day got home from the hospital, had to go up and get surgery up north, but I just got home that night, and I get a phone call from um, this guy, Kenji Rojo from Motor Roman, and he's like, and then I get another call right after that, and Bo basically said, we can't do it. There's nobody, no Americans can race over here no more for that Japan national. <laughs> were, were they just tired of uh, guys like Chicken and Lewis going over there and collecting yeah, exactly. wins and, and purses? Exactly. So I got like shut down. Like I had like that was a really bad day. That was not a good day for me. Double so Lammy shut. for Lammy. Yeah, damn right. And then yeah. um, then after that, it's like I already had my busted foot. I couldn't ride Supercross. I didn't even have a team I was riding for, and I was just I was like basically saying I'm done. Uh, this is the end of my career, you know. And can't be so. Yeah, Cliff White grabs me at San Diego Supercross that year and he goes dude you just try to have somebody help you out with a rig or whatever and do your own deal we'll support you 100% he goes you got to do like what like Ziggy from Factory Connection did with Mike Morocco like make your own team and go racing and I and I did I go and he, they supported me like Hundred percent. Like my my bike. Your Honda's are pretty good. Yeah, and they were full legit. Like 
I never even had to do anything. It was like we're going testing. It was the Holiday guys really? testing. Oh, oh yeah, they did everything. Like they did everything. Not they the salary, but the bike and, and. Yeah, no, no salary. It was just like the bike. I go, you know what? I'm gonna fucking try to make this work. You know. No kidding. Well, you, you're already uh, at this time. You're 12 years into a professional career, and uh, you're hoping yeah. just to like continue to stay competitive. And on a bike like that, and and I, this is, I guess, where uh, Works Connection really steps in and uh, uh, backs you as well. And uh, you get that um, some some cool components on your bike. The bike's working great, and uh, you end up taking your your last win of your career at uh, the Hangtown Classic. Um, had you felt good. <laughs> Taking yeah. uh, taking the two thousand Hangtown race. Yep, that that was it. That was my last one. <laughs> but it was when, it was cool. I mean, because we put I I put that whole deal together I, with multiple people. You know, like yeah. worst connection. I mean, he's the one that stepped up and and we just made it made it work. You know, but then I think partway through the season, I another knee injury, and then it was pretty much done after that. I was leading the points for a while. <laughs> yeah, well, you had to lead at the, at the points after uh, after Hangtown, but um, like you were in there with the best of the guys, mm-hmm. and like getting some top ten finishes, top five finishes, and and looking really good on the thing. Like, uh, and most people wouldn't uh, remember that you're actually the first spot or first rider that uh, Works Connection ever sponsored back in uh, two thousand or nineteen ninety one. Oh yeah. Crazy, so you, huh? You're in the in with those guys at the grassroots level, and, and they were honestly uh, they're on pretty much every bike in the pits. Yeah, exactly. Now we uh, we use their stuff. Yeah, you guys <laughs> use their stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we, no, we use like all their stuff, start devices, to, and that's pretty much it. But we go back a long ways. Like he'll even Eric, the owner of that company. I mean, he he'll bend over backwards to give us whatever we need when That's I'm excellent. like working on this other team. <laughs> so like Millville is another national that wasn't kind to you. Uh, more than a couple of actually, I think two or three, uh, double digit finishes for you. And that's where you do your knees. That that's your, your 40th. Uh, is it Millville? Yeah, that's where it was. Yep. That Millville, year. you get 40th. I'll put, I'll put that my, one of my favorite tracks, though. <laughs> really? Yeah. Personal, my personal favorite, as uh, that's the closest national for me, and I'll, I'll definitely be there this uh, this summer coming up. But uh, after that national, uh, you get uh, do you get your knee fixed before you head over to uh, the the Husqvarna land, or yeah, you, that, uh, that's like that's a really good story. Um, <laughs> that I think it'll be pretty cool for this. What you're doing here is um, please tell me. Yeah, I I got Husqvarna guys bringing down my neck, and then I I did have a deal with Honda was going to pay me a two year deal for 175 grand. Okay. But but then on top of that, I had to be like a test rider for the 450 that was coming out or whatnot. I I can't remember, but they wanted me to be a test rider, but then do the same thing like they weren't going to pay me for a team or nothing i had to go do it again so yeah, i'm like so you're mm, mostly okay. testing some racing yeah i'd be racing probably i think i would probably been doing the outdoors again i can't exactly remember but actually it would be all year so they go you 
you supply your own truck, you go racing, we'll support you with good bikes. And then on the flip side of it, you have to be available to go to Japan, test, 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 test. So I'm like, shit, what do I do? Then I get this offer from Fast by Ferracci, Rolda Ferracci, $250,000 for a two-year deal, two fifty a year. Well, I... Sign me I up. I don't. Yeah, that's what I did. You know, and I don't think it was probably the right choice, but they they even sent me a bike out and you know sent it to my house and and I rode it and I'm like, man, was it pretty good or? Yeah, it, it seemed like it. I don't know if it was at the time it was good, but I I probably did make the wrong decision there. But then again, I mean, it was money, good money, so. Yeah, I think the, the, the biggest thing that uh, you, you passed up there was the opportunity to kind of be like a Jeff Stanton or a, uh, a McGrath where they kind of stick with Honda after their pro career was done sort of thing, correct? Yeah, damn right. Yes, sir. <laughs> but, uh, but no, those, those checks were good, and uh, although the bike not, might not have been too great, uh, an eighth... Well, they, 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 weren't, they, weren't, they weren't the greatest. But they it was, like I do got to say, but Rocky was... He stood by his word, and he did everything he said he was going to do. I never How missed that guy's a uh, team manager? Well, that How was the team manager on that particular uh, uh, race team? I've I, I, I heard a few stories. Um, I don't even know if they're... I, I think Ferracci was the team manager there. Well, that's what I mean, though. Like, uh, oh, Geraldo Ferracci... <laughs> Uh, was a bit of a yeah. character. Um, oh, yeah. Different girl every weekend, shooting at people in his parking lot. Yeah. All I got to do say is we got along really great. I know he's a crazy motherfucker, but <laughs> I, sorry to say that. <laughs> but no worries. He, he, he was crazy. And, um, but everything he promised and the contract, everything he paid me, we got along great. I didn't really was too pumped on development on the bike and making it. You know, we tried so much stuff to make that bike better, but there, I was just you, you couldn't. I had to ride like at seventy percent of my what my speed was, not a hundred percent. Because if I rode a hundred percent, that thing would be flip me in the Full back and I, I probably wouldn't even be alive right now you know so yeah so well, I was, I know you it wasn't that uh, bad it, they were yeah. fast i pulled whole shots on them everything but just the chassis just was not great I, and i would ride like it 80 percent. i never 75 80 percent and i never bat mouth or anything like when anybody asked me i'm that was my job like now the bike Huskies are good, and I never badmouthed them, and that that's why Ferracci, I think, had respect for me because I mean that's my job. Then, if I'm not doing good, first thing everybody does is goes and blames everything else, and I never, I never would do that. Like, no, nope, bike's good. <laughs> well, that's actually something that a lot of riders don't do nowadays. Is like even even riders and a lot of the media they'll 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 point to the mechanic, the bike, the everything but the rider. Yeah, I mean, they, they, 
no excuses. Yeah. Nonstop. I see it. <laughs> is, that, is that something that you kind of, I wouldn't say come down on your, your current riders about, but uh, you kind of sit them down and, and have a conversation like that with that. Um, if, if, if they seem to be kind of blaming some things around them that they need to kind of look in the mirror a little bit. Yeah, no, for sure. And, it, and I, I'm not saying it says has come up, but yeah. I, I'm smart enough to know, like when it does come up, I'm, I know exactly. <laughs> but I'm pretty fortunate with my job that I have not had to really deal with any of that stuff. Right on. And so, blame and blame and blame. <laughs> yeah, well, 2000 and 2000 ends, and you had mentioned that you were kind of done. Like, there, you do your knee at, uh, at at Spring Creek, and you and you say you're done, but then you you go on to to ride for uh, two years at Husqvarna, and then you jump on <laughs> a, a god awfully ugly looking. Suzuki yeah. from ECC. Uh, oh, yeah. Some guys like that look. You were on the year that they had the the green seats, I believe, correct? Oh yeah. Yes, oh, correct. that was bad, <laughs> Lemmy. Oh, the 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 number six on the Suzuki. Uh, just like I, I just you, you look like you didn't struggled. look right, huh? <laughs> no, it didn't look quite right. Um, I believe those were Bill's pipes uh, bikes, or yeah, 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 Bill's. Bill's Pipes put some Suzukis together for you, um, but uh, some some national or mostly nationals. I don't think you did any supercrosses on that bike, but uh, then you continued oh, on I, to do. I did do supercrosses on them. So. Oh, you just didn't qualify for them then. <laughs> no, well, what happened is um, <laughs> in 2002, I did like a compound fracture in my tip fib, both of it out of the bone when I was riding for Husky. And that was in 2002 um, at San Diego Supercross on 250. Two-stroke. Okay. Yep. And um, that was a bad deal. I mean, it wasn't good. And then they put it together that night, and um, they did the surgery didn't go very well. They didn't. The bone wasn't even like touching. And I already had a rod in there. Had pins and all this other shit. And um, so it never healed up exactly right. You know, then I started racing for him in the outdoors again for Husky. And, and every time I would land short, I mean, man, it would like, I was trying so hard to make myself do good, but my leg just wasn't right. Yeah. And, um, they had to like, at one time they took out the screws and they wanted the bone try to go back together, but it, it just pretty much ruined me for two years. Literally. Okay, then. Yeah. So that that was, uh, and obviously Supercross yeah. is a lot harder on that than the than outdoors. So that's why you weren't able yeah. to be so successful. So then I, then I came, came back for outdoors on the Husky deal. Yeah. Didn't go very good, and my leg was still always hurting. And then I signed that ECC deal with the ugly green seat. <laughs> 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 and um, then I went. And, um, let's see, I was, uh, yeah, cause I was riding 125. I didn't even make the first main for Anaheim. I went to St. Louis. I'm already pissed off because nothing's done right. My leg still hurts. And I, the bike like cut out off the face of the jump and I landed and cased it so hard. It rebroke my, um, tibia, the big bone in your lower. Yeah. Feet. 
broke it and I still had the rod in there. Compression fractured it. So then I had to go spend pretty much almost like four months off because they had to go in and take the rod out, put a bigger rod in, and they fixed it correctly, you know. But yeah, so pretty much I kind of like screwed myself for two years with that injury. So, uh, what were those bikes like, though? Uh, like, uh, this is, of course, a Bill's Pipe show, so uh, hopefully uh, that thing was able to put the ground uh, power to the ground for you? Uh, ECC? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, that that happened to be your worst year at Hangtown uh, by far. 29th overall. Uh, not a good year. Not a good day for you. Yeah, no, no, I don't even remember that, that one. <laughs> 22-32, so I think you might have DNF'd good, I didn't remember that one half. <laughs> Most likely, well, we tend to uh, have a bit of a filter when we're looking back on things. We look at the, the, the positives. But the, the last time you were on uh, on that track, uh, you came back a couple of times, both once on a Suzuki 450. The final year, 2007, uh, you come out on a, a CR125 <laughs> when you're the only 125 out there, and i got to think that that's nothing but fun. It was a lot of fun, but I got my ass kicked. That's all I got to say. Hey, that's fine. Like I, I personally, I'm a two-stroke guy. I got uh, matching KX125 250s, and uh, it's one of those things where, like, if I beat you, I beat you on a 125, or I beat you on a two-stroke. And <laughs> if if I lose, I, I'm riding a two-stroke. Don't don't celebrate too much. So uh, yeah, you, you had to have had fun out there, and uh, that oh, thing yeah. must have been screaming for you. It was a blast, and. Because, like, I retired pretty much in um, motorsport outlet I rode in 2005. And then after that, I i don't know if it was my shoulder, my knee. I can't remember what it was. But, yeah, it was my ACL again. So I go, I'm done. I'm not racing after a stop. So I was pretty much, I retired after that. that. And then I was doing motocross schools in 2006. You know, just up in Northern California, like hang town, like every day, just, you know, yeah. people paying me to teach them how to ride and be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I did race that year, um, uh, 450 Suzuki. And then, um, then I got hired on by MDK as a manager. And then this crazy idea came up and it's like, yeah, you got to race 2007 hang town on a two stroke. And it's funny how it all worked out because Honda was like, yeah, we'll give you a bike. And then Factory Connection, Geico guys, they're like, oh, we'll build you the freaking bike that you want. Kit, suspension, everything. So that that thing was pretty damn legit. But I just wasn't, I just wasn't into, I didn't have time. Yeah, train. you're not in shape. You're not. Uh, you're not on point. You're a little rusty as far as putting in motos like that. But yeah. uh, you on that, that bike, I'm telling you right now, is my desktop uh, wallpaper. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for saying that. But I was Thank like, sure. honestly, I like I didn't even. I probably. I don't even know if I could tell you how many days I rode. Probably not much. So I'm like trying to run this team and then trying to. Like okay, I got to race this race. So <laughs> put it this way: when the bike would, when I would come around the mechanics area, and all the mechanics are standing out there cheering me on. And when it, when I went into the back section, I was like 
okay, resting point. Just cruise around, get my breath back. <laughs> when I'd come back, back out, out there, and yeah, sad to say that, but it, it, that's how it was. <laughs> no kidding. Well, that, that like now more than ever, and I think this is like this is one of the reasons, especially why I wanted to have you on, is that people are kind of going back to those old machines, and uh, you're you're like a, a huge star of that two-stroke era. Have you noticed uh, anyone like uh, building like a, a, a Lamson replica or anything like that? To uh, and and what do you think when you see stuff like that and the kind of resurgence of the two-stroke? Well, well, you know what's really cool is freaking Eric Fitz from Works Connection somehow or another got a bike and built it up like a full replica from 2000 when he helped oh, me that's out. Cool. Yeah, no, that's I was awesome. like, I I get pumped on all this stuff. I'm a still two-stroke guy and. I'll still get on the, like, when I say I don't ride, I really don't ride the track, but I do still get on a bike every once in a while and do starts. <laughs> oh, yeah? Just, just, like, do you have any of your old practice or your old uh, championship bikes that you just uh, yeah. run through the gears or what? No, no. I. It's kind of weird. Honda never, they would never let anybody have a championship bike. So I have, like, I have no bikes at my house, but. Some days I'll throw a helmet on when we're at the track with our current riders that I got right now, mm-hmm. and yeah. I will do I will do starts. Might be in a helmet and t-shirt and shorts and tennis mm-hmm. shoes, but da, 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 da. yes, sir. And I, awesome. I I don't know if you've seen like Racer X had. Um, we were doing a photo shoot one day, and then I got called out like from Cooper Webb, all these guys, like, you always say that I could smoke you at starts and this and that. And I go, this is before the season started, like, mm-hmm. probably, I, I would say December sometime. And I'm like, everybody's talking shit. I go, okay, get, give me a fucking helmet. I'm going to go do it. <laughs> I did. And it was, I think it was Aaron Plessinger at the time, lined up next to me. And I was on... Jeremy Martin's bike, which his hands are half the size of mine, is yeah, he's everything. A guy. He's a little guy, and I'm like, I just get on his bike. I didn't even do a start or nothing, and I freaking, I got, I got pleasanter every time. Ooh, and everybody out there, everybody, we had down. like, we had rock star guys out there, freaking or answer. Everybody in there is like, holy shit! And it was actually Steve Cox. I don't know if you know him. Do you? Actually, I, he's the last podcast I had. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah Steve Cox, yeah, he was out there shooting photos, and he he took a photo, and then next thing you know, it's like in, I've seen it on, people are talking about it and all this stuff, on and then line. next thing you know, there there, there I am, freaking doing a start in shorts. I did have a helmet on. I, I'm not Safety that first, stupid. yeah, no problem. <laughs> and it was, uh, it was in Racer X, I think, like, few weeks ago, or a few months ago they po- they po- posted in there <laughs> and that's cool man. yeah so that's yeah, the only yeah. time that's the only time i ride i because i know i can do starts and like, try to help these guys out as much as i can you know rider wise well heck getting the whole shot uh where else on the track can you pass 40 guys or 20 guys and and go at, go and run away i think that's how jeremy got his win is that uh, or actually, no. I think he, he he tracked him down. But either way, when he when you start up front, you're gonna yeah. stay there. 
Exactly. I mean, how much easier, especially in Supercross, you don't have time to do nothing. If you get a 10th place start, you're freaking pretty much done. Unless you have you're to pass someone every two laps, if that's the case. If you start 10th, you have to pass someone every two laps. And after three laps, usually everyone's so strung out that there's only so far you can move up. No, exactly. Well, right on, man. Um, an hour and a half of solid talk. Uh, I, I thank you so much for uh, giving me some time today and just going down memory lane. And uh, I hope this was as, as enjoying as joy. You enjoyed it as much as I did because uh, I no, love I all these stories, man. I, I do have to say thank you very much, and I did enjoy like everything because it brings up old times and and you know all the stuff yeah. that's going on. So. It's good to look back on the, the, the things of yesteryear. And I, I love the fact that the, the two strokes are coming back, man. Uh, like, maybe not at full bore for, for com- competitive use, but I see them more and more and people doing builds. And uh, uh, hopefully one day I can put together a, a 1996 CR125 and uh, put the big number one on it. <laughs> That's cool. I appreciate that. And I, I do got to say that they, the amount of time that I'm, out the track like last year for outdoors and even this year i see more and more two-strokes like when we're doing our outdoor testing i'm like man yeah. there's another two-stroke there's two-stroke oh, shit. that's pretty cool i i just think it comes down to budget man like uh it my, does. My bike's I mean, yeah. 10 years old but a 10 year old two-stroke that's fully rebuilt and fresh parts on it it's a brand new bike yeah exactly yeah uh, I want actually before I uh, let I let you go. Um, you're you're number six in my heart and in my mind, number six, one hundred percent. And uh, you've got a guy on your team this year who's uh, who's running that number. Uh, what do you? How do you feel when uh, you see the number six roll out of the uh, out of the truck? I do gotta say it's pretty cool. Um, and we we went through this whole deal like where Jeremy had that option to take. He was gonna take maybe number fourteen because he had that option. Or, eight. or, or yeah, eight and then six, and I didn't. I wasn't pushing them on taking my number because yeah. everybody talks about it. It's not even my number, really. <laughs> but, well, it was um, when they brought in the permanent number system. You're the one that held it for well from the beginning of it till now. Like, yeah, I held yeah. it for probably seven years. Yeah, well, yeah, but then uh, after that, no one else ran it. No, no, nobody wanted because they thought it was six, 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 like the devil, you know. So. Oh, okay, all right. Well, uh, <laughs> Did you ever hear, have you ever heard that before? I had never heard that before. I think that's, that, uh, and I never like did too. I go, why does anybody? Why does not anybody want that number? And yeah. somebody brought that up to me, like literally, like probably a year ago, and I'm like, oh man, I never even thought about that. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that's flying way over my head because I just. Like don't yeah, even, I don't feel it's exactly bad. Six o'clock here, so yeah, um, don't feel bad because I I didn't even have a clue either, and I don't think that's the really reason. And then I when I talked to Jeremy about taking the number, yeah, um, I said, man, you should probably take number six. He goes, well, I'm just really partial to the number fourteen because he had some reason, um, or another like why he might want a four in his number, you know. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and his brother, or whatnot, you know, and racing all these years, and mm-hmm. I go, I'm gonna leave it up to you. I'll leave it up to you. you yeah, you make the right decision. Do. Yeah, I'll man, let you make the right call. 
Yeah, and he took it. That's pretty cool, though. I do got to say, like, seeing seeing the bike every day here at the shop and and at the races, I mean, and on the back of his jersey, I was like, yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, I'm glad that like like that you're 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 excited to see that because I know uh, when Blake Baggett took the number four, I think there was a little bit of uh, a little bit of sandpaper going on with uh, with especially <laughs> seeing as how RC doesn't like he's a Suzuki team, but not that Suzuki team, and uh, yeah. yeah, it's some pretty big dirty boots to fill uh, running that number, but uh, Blake's doing it. Yep, damn right. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. weird. I, like I, I remember four. What? Like in the first of the season, I, I still hasn't even sunk into my head. I'm like, it's Carmichael. <laughs> yeah, like especially the fact that it's on a Suzuki, and that was the last thing that, that RC rode. But yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's, it's weird to see. But little, little slimmer than current Ricky, but uh, yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, anyway, man, uh, you have yourself an amazing evening. Uh, thank you so much for giving me some time tonight. Uh, I'm going to get this thing edited down, add some commercials to it. Uh, thank you so much. Um, yeah, I hope I didn't you... like bring too much bad language into it. Sorry. Oh, don't worry about it, man. Yeah. Uh, it's internet you radio. Can, you, and can, I, you can edit I have it <laughs> I can edit things out, and I, ha- I have a serious doubt that there's too many um, kids that, if they if there's kids listening, I guarantee they've heard that before, and if I just don't think there's very many kids listening, so I think you're good. Yeah. Gotcha. Hey, do you mind if um, could you email that to me? Absolutely. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll get to editing this thing immediately, and uh, I'll I'll send it to you. Do you have a a, uh, a Gmail account? No, I got like Yahoo.com. It's it's pretty really easy. You don't need to I need to write it down. Okay, sweet. Um, yeah, I'll I'll. Uh... I'll email that off to you, and uh, yeah, for sure, I'll get it to you before. Or, or, it, uh, just, or you can just text me if it's easier just to text me um, whatever it is, it, your link and all that kind of stuff. Because I don't, I don't have none of that info. So yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll send you the link, but I'll also send you uh, uh, the the audio file so you can listen to it whenever you want. Okay, cool. That that'd be cool. I love checking all that stuff out. So I appreciate your time and. And all. So. All right, oh man. Well, it's uh, it's my pleasure, and I uh, couldn't be happier to have you on. Uh, by far the most most decorated rider that uh, I've had the privilege of talking to. And uh, you you have yourself a great evening, and uh, we'll we'll have you on again. Okay, sounds good. Anytime. Thanks, Brad. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.